in the middle of it all didn't God show up in the middle of it all didn't realize you know I, I gotta tell you that last year going into this year I felt like God kind of laid on our heart about the fact that he was going to establish the roots of our church and and strengthen the foundation and and kind of allow us to build beneath the surface wow did that ever did that ever take a tone that we didn't expect and uh, but we can see now as we turn around and take a look back how that in the middle of it all I love that song through it all I've learned to trust in Jesus through it all I've learned to trust in God through it all I, I don't know if we could have picked a better song Kat anybody want to clap to that just for one more moment through it all I don't want to I don't want to scare you off with the text tonight I'm not talking about finances I'm not talking about uh, preaching about it's not a plea tonight it's it's a proclamation about promise okay before we read our text it's not a plea for your pennies it's a it's a promise about people Malachi chapter 3 and verse 10 if you have your Bible you can turn there with me if you don't we'll have it on the screens I'm gonna include verse 11 uh, team so Malachi chapter 3 verse 10 bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse that there may be meat in mine house and prove me now herewith saith the Lord of hosts if I will not open you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that there shall not be room enough to receive it we stop there sometimes would you continue with me and I will rebuke the devourer for your sake you see connected to that connected to that petition there's promise connected to that petition there is this this grand vision that God lays out he said I will rebuke the devourer for your sake and he shall not destroy the fruits of your ground neither shall your vine cast her fruit before the time in the field saith the Lord of hosts and all the nations shall call you blessed for ye shall be a delightsome land saith the Lord of hosts I really believe thank you CCC for your faithfulness through this past year I really believe that I'm this is probably about as much as I'm gonna talk about money but I really believe that your giving has set the stage for what God would desire to do in this coming year we, we've always declared that if we give globally that God will bless locally that's not some human idea that's scriptural promise and I do believe that God has promise in store for us would you just look at your neighbor and say an hundredfold that's some good old King James for like a hundred times someone say an hundredfold thank you you may be seated tonight so I know I know it's an odd scripture to start vision night out for 2021 but but there's great promise attached to what we just read a few moments ago it's about something that God wants to lodge in our spirit I, I love the worship tonight. I got to tell you, did, does anybody kind of maybe think a little bit about Harvey Camp when we started talking, when we started service tonight? How I remember going into Harvey Camp and everything. You didn't wear your Sunday best to Harvey. Now, maybe we should have given you a warning. We did tell you on this past Sunday that we were doing a tear out. I think people probably have done the math by now. But, but you know, our roots go back to some sawdust floors and some brush harbor. 
Our roots go back to maybe not so, such a pretty environment. I, I just got to tell you that tonight, I, I think you reached back and got a hold of your roots because it hasn't diminished worship at all. It, it hasn't held back on your praise in the room as, as, as things are a little bit messy and we're, we're preaching in the middle of a mess tonight. I just felt the worship of God's people rising in the room. I, I had the privilege of sitting behind Greg Coy tonight and as we began singing about through it all, I, I watched as he played. When anybody could have had the excuse not to look over the past year and say, I got a right not to rejoice. I, I got a right not to, to praise God. But I watched as he gave it everything he had with his head shaking, giving everything, playing that bass. I tell you what, we have a reason to rejoice. If, if Greg Coy can say, through it all, I've learned to trust in Jesus. And I, I think I may as well just join with him and echo my praise and say, God, you've been good. You've been faithful. God, in spite of it, through it all I know that I can trust you I know that I can trust you and 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 if there's anything that God is telling us in Malachi it's that if we will trust God then then we can trust that God will bring blessing to us there was a scripture that God gave me actually in in October we were planning for our, our planning session I shared a little bit about it with some of our team and talked a little bit about it but if you will Turn with me to Genesis chapter 26. The Bible gives us this intelligence. It says that there was a famine in the land. And beside the first famine that was in the days of Abraham, there was this famine. There was a second famine. So we have two times famine. We have famine upon famine. And the Bible tells us that Isaac went unto Abimelech, the king of the Philistines, unto Gerar. The Gerar was a city that was then in the hands of the Philistines. But if you'll look in Scripture, you'll find that today it's a city that's, or an area that's in south-central Israel. Then it was in the hands of the Philistines, the enemies of Israel. But God knew that eventually it would land in the hands of his children. It was part of the land of promise that he had given to Abraham. And, and so God tells Isaac, he said unto him, the Lord appeared unto him and said, go not down unto Egypt. God had to tell him that because that's what Abraham had done. As a matter of fact, you can find in scripture that sometimes, occasionally, Egypt becomes a land of sojourn. It becomes a place of refuge. And, and I, God doesn't intend for Isaac to go the route that his dad had gone. And so he said, don't go down to Egypt, but dwell in the land which I shall tell thee of. He said, sojourn in this land. Sojourn in this land. Stay here a little while, even though it's not convenient. Stay here a little while, even though things don't look very good. For the outlook. Stay here for a little while even though there's famine in the land. Stay, stay here a little while even though you're camped in the midst of a bunch of Philistines that don't know the God that you know or worship the God that you worship. Stay here for a little while because I've got plans for the land that you're in right now, Isaac. It may be in Philistine territory right now, but before long it's going to be a part of your land. It's going to be a part of your promise. So don't go leaving to go off into Egypt, but stay in the land that you are right now. You know, God knows better than we do about the land we're walking through right now. God knows a little bit better. I, I know we try and figure it out. God gave us brains for that reason, to try and figure, figure stuff out. But, but sometimes when it's beyond our control, and sometimes when it's beyond our hand to manage, then we've got to understand that God is in control.
He said, sojourn in this land, and I will be with thee, and I will bless thee for unto thee and unto thy seed. I will give all these countries. God said, hang on, because what you see right now in control by Philistines, he said, is going to be controlled by you. He said, I will perform the oath which I swore unto Abraham thy father, and I will make thy seed to multiply as the stars of heaven, and will give unto thy seed all these countries, and in thy seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed. Now, remember, this is where the, the setting, we got to step back into the setting because sometimes we just move into the promise and, and we know the end from the beginning. We have the privilege of looking backward through scripture and hindsight's 2020. But you've got to remember where Isaac is right now. He's in the middle of a famine, surrounded by Philistines, and he's got a God talking to him saying, sit tight because i got a plan to complete a purpose where you are. I've got a promise that has yet to be released, so don't leave. Don't head off into Egypt because I'm still at work. I'm still God of all. I'm still on the throne. I'm, I'm still performing my promise, so don't quit now. Abraham had obeyed the voice of God and had kept God's charge. He'd kept his commandments, his statutes, and his laws. So the promise of God was resting on the seed of Abraham. And because Isaac was who he was, and because Isaac served the God that he served, he stepped in line for the promise, the prophetic promise that came down through Abraham. And we do too. We do too. Sometimes we get looking at, we, we, we've got to change our outlook sometimes because we can get set in our setting. We can get lodged in the surrounding that we're in and, and we can think that this is it. This is over. And God's saying, it's not over. I'm just beginning. I'm just beginning. I, I feel an unction in the Holy Ghost tonight that God has a great I, you know, we, we, I, saw, I saw the little memes of people saying, don't pray what you prayed last year for heaven's sake. I saw, I saw the memes of people saying, that, you know, whatever you did last year, you better do something different. We've all, we've all seen that. But can I tell you that God's about ready to do something different? In the midst of this colossal man, in the midst of a, uh, <laughs> this just kind of fits the year. In the midst of the mess. I believe that God has given our church the courage to say he's about ready to bless. He's about ready to perform his promise. He's about ready to do something supernatural. God is about ready to take the stage, and there isn't anybody that can compete. There isn't anybody that can control. God's about to do the work that only God can do, and I'm excited about it. I'm excited about it. And in the midst of that mess that Isaac found himself in, in the midst of the desire to leave, in the midst of the desire to get up and get out, the Bible tells us in verse 6, it said, And Isaac dwelt in Gerar. He stayed. Why? Because God said, sit tight. I'm not finished yet. Sit tight. I'm about ready to do a work. Sit tight. You're about ready to see my provision and my promise. The famine Come on, God's greater than the famine. 
God's greater than the challenge. God's greater than the struggle. God's greater than the COVID. I might as well put it in our surrounding. God's greater than all the, the, the trouble that you walk through in 2020. God is greater and God's declaring tonight in this night of vision, in this night of promise, in this night where we look forward to this, this next year. God's saying, I'm about ready to do a work that only I can do. I'm about ready to pour out. I'm about ready to rain in. I'm about ready to rain down. I'm about ready to do my work. So watch what I'm about to do. Someone say, I'm dwelling. I'm going to sit tight, even though Gerar isn't the, pro the most uh, ideal of settings. Watch what happens when Isaac obeys. Let me remind you one more time because we've got all kinds of distraction up here and we've got all kinds of things to think about and we got New Year's Eve parties and plans to attend at 741 and we want to be done by 8. So remember, Isaac, he's in the land of Philistine occupation. He's wrapped tightly in the fist of famine. And how he has a God saying, get ready, because I'm about ready to release my blessing in your life. Can anybody just kind of relate to Isaac tonight? It's okay for a show of hands. No judgment from here. Anybody, anybody want to say, I, I can relate. Things were a little odd in 2020. Things are a little different. Things were a little unplanned, unscheduled, unintended, unwanted in 2020. And God's now God's saying, get ready because I'm about ready to bless. Does anybody relate? So you got an option to receive the word and dwell in Gerar. Or you got the option to get up and just kind of go your way to Egypt like maybe dad did before. Maybe like somebody did before. But, but in the back of your mind, I want this promise to land in your spirit that God is about ready to bless. God's about ready to release promise. God's about ready to do everything that he said that he was going to do. He's not off track. He's not off course. God's ready to work if we let him. So Isaac takes God at his word. God had said, I will be with thee. I will bless thee. I will give thee all these countries. Those three promises are in Isaac's spirit. So he has the option. He can leave and lose or he can stay and gain. He, he has the option. He can, he can leave and lose out on everything that God said he was going to do. I feel the Holy Ghost just settling on me right now. Anybody just want to receive the promise? Right now, I will be with thee. I will bless thee. And I will give thee all these countries. So Isaac says, I, I think I'll stay. I got the option to go, but I think I'll stay. I could leave and make my own path and make my own way, but I've got this word of God in my mind. I've got this word of God in my spirit. I've got this promise uh, that came down through Father Abraham into my life, into my family, and I'm not about ready to lose out because I simply want to walk my own way. I want to receive the promise. I want to receive the promise. So Isaac sowed in that land. Genesis 12, 26 and verse 12. It says, then Isaac sowed in that land. Listen. And received. In the midst of famine. In the midst of Philistine occupation. The Bible says, in the same year, an hundredfold. And the Lord blessed him. You say, Pastor Jack, you're crazy. A hundredfold. 
our church is, you know, let's, 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 let's be modest. We'll say our church is 400 people. 400 people at 100-fold, that's 40,000 people. That's almost the entire city of Fredericton. Exactly. <laughs> Thank you, Brother Phillips. But I believe that God, doesn't it say that not willing that any should perish? Doesn't it say for God so loved the world? Doesn't it say the whosoever will? Do we really believe that God can save anybody? I, I like it the way the Clark sisters said it. They said, I'm just a nobody trying to tell everybody about somebody that can save anybody. I'll say it again for you. I'm just a nobody trying to tell everybody, someone say everybody, about somebody that can save anybody. That's the God we're serving tonight. We're, we're serving a God that can save anybody. If God could use me and if God could use you, then I'm telling you what, there's a whole world of anybody's out there that's just waiting for somebody to tell them about the one that can save them. I just want to be one that will tell somebody about him. I, I just want to be one that will tell somebody and watch what God does in their life. Watch what God does in their home. Watch how God performs the miraculous. Can I hear from the balcony? Anybody got an amen up there? You say, that's crazy, Pastor Jack, and hundredfold. Well, just go crazy with me. Come on. Can I, can I remind you that God operates on a different economy? A hundredfold seems ambitious in our 2.1% high yield interest savings account world. That's about all you can get right now. With a lot of money in a good bank. So no wonder we have limited mentality and restricted vision. No wonder we hold back on, on declaring the blessing of God. No wonder we hold back. But honestly, church, I don't know where what came in last year came from. All I got to say is that it's a blessing of God. And when God brought it into your hand, you are willing to release it into the harvest. It's not coming in our pockets. It's not landing in our paycheck account. It's not landing there. It's going back into the harvest field. And here's what I know. That if it came into the storehouse, it's so that there would be meat in his house. Because there's a ready, ready world that needs a provision that we've got for them. And God will take that simple offering. And multiply it a hundredfold. If God did it for Isaac in one year, what could God do in one year at CCC? If God could release promise in Isaac's life in the middle of a famine, surrounded by the enemy, if God could say, sit tight, Dwell here because I'm about ready to bless you. When Isaac lays the seed in the field, he doesn't expect the harvest that he receives. It's remarkable because it, it finds its way into Scripture to make its way into 2021. But God said in the same year, he received 100-fold. What could God do? What could God do? at CCC in 2021 if we just release his promise into the harvest. If we have faith to believe, say, God, I, I'm going to dwell right here and I'm going to let your blessing flow through me into the world around me. 
God operates on a different economy. There's power in the seed to produce. I think God picks the seed because there's no method of reproduction that works with the power of multiplication like the seed. Just think with me and we'll, we'll do quick math. It's late. It's been a long week. But one kernel of corn in one year can produce one stalk that produces two to four cobs of corn. So each cob of corn can produce between 600 and 800 kernels of corn. You multiply 600 to 800. Let's go by faith with 800. 800 by four cobs of corn brings us approximately 3,200 kernels simply from one single seed. So we have a 3,200 times increase because of one kernel of corn at work in the field all the time for our viewing pleasure or for God's promise of the prophetic. For us to realize a hundredfold is just God at idle. A hundredfold. When you let it land in your spirit, it seems odd in human perspective. But when you allow it to be coupled with the Holy Ghost, when you allow it to be coupled by faith with the Word of God, something springs up in your spirit. All of a sudden, a hundredfold, you realize God could do that. God could do that. God could do that because that's the way that God works. If you take 3,200, if you just, from one seed, if, if everything works the way that it should work, 3,200 by 3,200 is 10,240,000 kernels of corn in just two years. That's 7,877 pounds of corn. Pop it if you want. That could happen in two years with just one seed. So now all of a sudden when we look at the way that God works in the natural, God could do it in the supernatural. All he needs is a landing spot for the seed and faith to be coupled with it and watch how, how God works in our world. I believe that God could do it. And someone's saying, you're crazy. Yes, we're crazy. That's why he likens his word to the seed. You see, it's not the first time a hundredfold is mentioned in Matthew chapter 13. When he's speaking about the seed, he said, other, other seed fell into good ground. God, check our heart tonight. Come on. Come on, right now, 2020 is about ready to be dismissed. Someone take a look in your heart and say, what kind of soil do I want this word to fall in? Someone take a look inside and say, what do I got to clean out because I need that kind of seed to land in my spirit. I, I need that kind of seed to land in good soil because I can't do without that kind of promise. I need a hundredfold kind of work in my life. He said, other fell into good ground and brought forth fruit, some in hundredfold, some in hundredfold, some sixtyfold and some thirtyfold. So God can do it. God is able to do it. God is willing to do it, but he just needs someone that will let him do that work. Sowing. Sowing is working. Sowing is also essential. Sowing is necessary work. There's no growing unless there's sowing. So we need to sow the seed 
today, but we determine what kind of soil that seed lands in. The seed has potential. The seed has power. The seed can bring forth a hundredfold tonight. We can come back to the music. You know, I took a walk through our building before service and walked into the youth chapel. Went upstairs into the youth chapel, attic area, not the attic, it's the, the room over the chapel area. The classroom next to that. Took a walk down into the Sunday school. You see, the work that we have done at CCC and the reason that we're in a mess tonight is because this is more than just it's more than just a gathering place. It's more than just a house. It's a sanctuary. It's a Sunday school. It's a youth chapel. It's about altar calls and biblical education and connection. It's about collaboration and communion. It's about gathering and sharing and grieving and caring. It's it's a hospital for the hurting. It's a life raft for the drowning. It's all of those things, but, but the church is also, the Bible declares, it's the storehouse. It's the storehouse. The purpose of the storehouse is a place where the seed can be safe. Because if there's no seed, there's no harvest. The purpose of the storehouse is so that there is meat in the house. The purpose of the storehouse isn't just for that, though. Because the Bible says, if you, if you just do a search for storehouse in Scripture, and I did today, but I won't, I won't extrapolate all those things for us tonight. But you'll find that it's a place where God says, you know, they had to build the storehouse because the blessing of the Lord was resting on them. The storehouse is an indication of God's blessing. The storehouse is a declaration of believing that God is going to do more. The reason that we're not sitting on money in the bank, but we're investing it in the harvest or in, the, in this place is because this is just a storehouse. We've got, we, we, we've got plans for what God wants to do here. We, we want to follow in the will of God for what he wants us to be in our city, in our community. We've got to do that. So this place is more than just a room. This is a storehouse. It's a place of glad. It's all those things that we mentioned just a moment ago. But, but more than that, it's a place where, where we declare the blessing of God. And God's been good to us. God's been good. The blessing of God has rested on us. God even says in Deuteronomy 28, he said, The Lord shall command the blessing upon thee in thy storehouses and in all that thou settest thine hand unto. And he shall bless thee in the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. I want to claim that promise tonight. If this is the storehouse, and Scripture tells us that it bring all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be meat in mine house. If this is the storehouse, then, then our... Our willingness to bring the tithe in is because we're declaring God's blessing is resting on the church. 
Again, I'm not talking about money tonight. We'll do that sometime this year, but I'm not talking about, I'm talking about people. I'm talking about what God wants to do in hearts and in homes and in lives. God isn't limiting what he's going to do in our city to this group of people in this room tonight. God has plans for blessing. Sit tight, Isaac. I'm about ready to do a work of a hundredfold. What if God, what if, what if God did the 60-fold? What if God just did the 30-fold? What kind of revival are we expecting God to do? What kind of anticipation is rising in our spirit? Is there a desire that we have saying, God, would you just do the work of revival? Would you just let your blessing rest, grow your church the way that you promised that you would? Without a doubt, we've got an enemy that will fight. The fight always happens in the field. Matthew 13 talked about it. It said, while men slept, the enemy came and sowed tares among the, the wheat, and he went his way. He's always going to fight what God is working in the field. He's always going to try and destroy it. He's always going to work against it. Judges 9, it says that Abimelech fought the city all that day, and he took the city and slew the people that were in. But that wasn't enough. It says he beat down the city and sowed it with salt. He wanted to destroy the hope of ever it ever producing again. He, he wanted to destroy the future. He wanted to destroy all that, all that work that had been done prior. He sowed the city with salt. The enemy always tries to destroy the field. In 2 Samuel chapter 14, Absalom's servants set Joab's barley field on fire. Why? Because he, he had no other way to get his attention, but he knew that Joab would come running the minute that somebody touched the field. So he set his field on fire to get his attention. I, I'm telling you that the enemy always tries to destroy the field. The enemy's always trying to destroy the seed because if he can destroy the field, then there's no future. If he can destroy the field, then there's no seed to bring into the storehouse. So the reason we have a war in our world, the reason that we have a war on the outside is because the enemy wants to destroy the seed. But we have a promise. God said, you can't stop. He said, bring the tithes into the storehouse that there be. But then he went on, he said, and your fruit's not going to fall off the vine early. It's going to grow to fruition. I'm going to bring blessing. If you'll do your part, watch what I do with my part. So enemy, go ahead with your multi-pronged approach of ensuring the field is unproductive. Do your best work to try and ensure that the storehouse stays empty. But God promised. The enemy's agenda is always steal, kill, destroy. He fights reproduction. That's why abortion's an issue. The natural mirrors the supernatural. It's a window on the way of the world. The enemy always fights. He, he can't help himself. Would you just let that conviction settle for a moment? But with every affront that the enemy has, there is a spiritual confrontation that God brings. 
You see, the enemy has steal, kill, and destroy. But God has increase. God promised increase. If God could take one recently restored preacher named Jonah and turn an entire city called Nineveh around, then what could God do in our city? I know goals should be reasonable, attainable, relatable, all kinds of business mumbo-jumbo there. But don't forget the God factor. The message says it like this, bring your full tithe into the temple treasury so there will be ample provision in my temple. Test me in this and see if I don't open up heaven itself to you and pour out blessings beyond your wildest dreams. For my part, I will defend you against the marauders, protect your wheat fields and vegetable gardens against plunderers. That's God's promise. The danger in the middle of what we've walked through is that the dream dies. But we need God to restore and ignite wild dreams of what he can do. So as I was walking through the building, my prayer, my prayer was that God would bring us a hundredfold. I counted chairs in classrooms. There was 16 chairs, 17 chairs, 24 chairs, 27 chairs, 18 chairs, 23 chairs, 30 chairs, 27 chairs in the auditorium. There was 99 chairs in the storage room. Somebody want to believe God with me that they'll all be filled? I went into the chapel. There were 80 chairs in the chapel ready to be filled. There were 16 chairs in the hallway waiting to go into the chapel. Just spare storage chairs ready to be. There was even, there was even four seats and two black leather couches in the back ready to be filled. But I, I just wonder if someone would just believe that God is going to fill all the seats just in the rooms out there. And, and then I came into the sanctuary tonight and, and I began to pray that God would fill these seats. I, I know we're kind of restricted with what we can do and we're restricted with how we can fill it right now. But, but I just got this idea that God could do what he promised in 2021. And I believe that God could fill every chair. I believe that we may have to get the order slip out and begin to say, God, we're, we're, we're going to need to order some chairs because God's about ready to do the work that he promised that he would do. I believe in God for a hundredfold in youth. I believe in God for a hundredfold at CCC, in Sunday school, in multicultural ministry, in jail ministry. I believe in a hundredfold for my family, my finances, my health, my workplace. Anybody just want to take a minute and believe God with me? Anybody want to have a wild, crazy dream that God could tonight I'm believing that God could do a hundredfold someone shout it with me a hundredfold would you stand together with me tonight the promise is that if we'll sow the seed that God will do the work
God's calling us to sow the seed in our neighborhood. I, didn't, I just felt that, that, that heaviness in my spirit for a moment. Would you lift your hands together with me? trying to be sensitive to the Holy Ghost and be sensitive to time and all that at the same time. I'm trying to be sensitive that we're operating with part scale and audio and the things that we're used to. But, but someone just, just kind of step past all that for a moment. Would, would you let your, your cry out? Because really it's just you and God in the room right now. It's just you and Him. And I, I wonder if there's wonder if there's a group of people that's willing to say, God, 2021, I'm I'm going to do everything that you're calling us to do this year. God, you're about ready to do the work of building us up. You're about ready to build on that foundation. You're about ready to build on the promise. You're about ready to build on... I added this to my notes just before I came down. Everything else is in type, and this is in my handwriting because I, I wanted to include it and didn't have time to print it. Someone needs to know tonight that Egypt does not have what you need. I'll say it again. Egypt, it's a type of the world through Scripture. The world doesn't have what you need. I, that's... That's like Captain Obvious Declaration, but somebody needs to hear it tonight. The world isn't where you need to go. Isaac, that's not your path to find the promise. That's not where you're going to receive the promise. Sit tight and watch God work. Stay put and watch God work. And right now, you're glancing over your shoulder because you've convinced yourself that the Philistines are going to destroy it. They have before. They've worked against you, warred against you before. God will, God will arrest the work of the Philistine. And God has this promise of increase that he's going to bring into your life a hundredfold. If God could do it for Isaac, then God can do it for you. That's the sermon. That's the vision casting. The famine can't stop what God wants to do. The Philistines can't stop what God wants to do. Only you can stop what God wants to do. Anybody with me and just saying, God, have your way. Work your work. Let your blessing rest. I want to pray together with you. But if you're with your bubble, I wonder if you'd reach over and get a hold of somebody that you came to service with tonight. Get a hold of somebody that you had lunch together with today. We're going to pray together. God, your word makes this promise. Bring, God, bring what we've got to you, and you will bless. So, Lord, tonight we're praying. God, we're praying as a a church family that you will do what you promised that you will do. God, you said that you would open the windows of heaven 
God, there's not an earthly window that can compare with a heavenly window. God, you said that you would pour out a blessing and that there would not be room enough to receive it. So I'm praying that somebody would pick up the tent peg of containment tonight. I pray that somebody would pick up the tent peg and move it out because what you're wanting to do is greater than the capacity that they contain right now. I'm asking God that you would allow us to dream bigger, to see greater. God, don't let us be limited by what we can see in the natural. I pray tonight that you would allow us to see in the supernatural the work that you're about ready to do. I ask that we would elevate our gaze and see that window of heaven opening. God, pour out. But you didn't stop there. I pray that you would rebuke the devourer for our sake. God, that you would remove the ability that he has to destroy the fruit of our ground. That's what your promise said. God, we receive your promise that the vine won't cast fruit before it's time. That in due season, we shall reap if we faint not. That's your word. God, I pray for the weariness of spirit. In so many hearts, so many souls, and so many lives tonight. God, that they wouldn't be weary in well-doing. Because your word declares in due season we will reap if we don't faint. I thank you for preparing us. God, I thank you for the vision of pastor. I thank you for the word that comes our way in moments like these. God, give us ears to hear what the Spirit is saying to our church. But God, would you release that promise in this coming year? God, let it echo in our ears like the prophet declared it right behind us. God, let that word lodge so deep in our spirit. But God, that you would do that work of increase. If you could do it for Isaac in just one year, what could you do for CCC in just one year? God, we'll believe you for a hundredfold. But if more than that is in store, God, get us ready to receive it. We'll thank you for it in advance. You are great, you are mighty. There is nobody like you. God, we release your hand to work. We release your voice to speak. We release your promise to be delivered in our midst today. In Jesus' name we pray. Someone say, in Jesus' name. We're going to be back together on Sunday. But before we leave, I wonder if we just sing this chorus together. You're the God of this.